Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. When the wife of a wealthy real estate developer was found dead in her bathroom, two theories emerged. Lena Kaufman either died of an undiagnosed heart condition or... She was strangled to death by her own husband. It would be up to a Florida jury to figure out which theory was correct. I'm Benny Politan, and welcome to the Court TV Podcast. This week, we have an audio edition of our original series, Someone They Knew, with Tamron Hall, which examines crimes committed by those closest to the victim. This episode is entitled, A Matter of the Heart. This is the Court TV Podcast. On November 7, 2007, prominent Florida real estate developer Adam Kaufman calls 911 hysterical. He says he's just found his wife, 33-year-old Eleonora Lena Kaufman, on the bathroom floor of their Aventura home. What happens next is unusual for this quiet, upscale, gated community and for the family at the center of it all. Aventura, Florida, it's about 30 minutes from downtown Miami. It really is just this really wealthy enclave that is very well-heeled residents, a lot of skyscrapers, a lot of golf courses, and a lot of, a lot of people with money. I always had a fascination with coming to Florida, just everything about it, the weather, the excitement. I moved down to Florida from New York in 1996 after graduating college. I got a job teaching high school history. I liked playing basketball with friends and meeting people, just being active in the South Florida environment. I actually met Lena. It was in the summer of 1996 at my cousin's house, and we hit it off very well. We started dating, and it was magical. When you think of marriage and what you want to have when you're older and 
the life you want to live and the spouse you want to have, um, that was her. And, you know, I used to joke about it, but I'm like, you know, what does she see in me, right? She is this kid from New York with a strong accent, and uh, she's very worldly and speaks five languages. I knew that she was going to be the one that I would spend the rest of my life with. So we got married in March of 2000, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. In 1997, teaching, unfortunately, wasn't paying the bills. The real estate business always intrigued me. Fell in love with the business and, and became very successful doing it. The Kaufman family carries a lot of weight in Aventura. They've got a lot of money. They have a lot of projects. You know, they're, they're, they're a well-known name. Everybody say hi. 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 Wow, one big happy Who's family. Say hi. Who's this, Ellie? They made a very attractive couple. They had two beautiful little children, and they had a very close uh, family. Life was, was very good. <laughs> it was very common in the early hours of the mornings that Lena would wake up to feed the baby. That morning, on the 7th, I woke up and she was not in bed. And I remember sitting up and just looking, waking up from a deep sleep and went back to bed. Shortly after that, she still wasn't in bed. So I got up out of bed, called her name, no answer, walked over to the bathroom, and that's when I saw her. Slouched over, it was like time stood still. You don't know what to do at that moment. So I screamed her name and I went over and I grabbed her. And the first thing I felt was that she was cold. Adam calls 911. <laughs> I was in a panic. With the instruction of the 911 operator, um, I started giving her CPR and noticed that her mouth had red foam around it. And um, it was, the, that moment was just surreal. Lena, come on, wake up. Lena, please, God, Oh my God, oh my God. There were things that, that really caught the police and the paramedics' attention from the get-go. Adam gave differing stories about what happened. There were different versions from different people who came to the scene. Nearly a dozen rescue personnel, police officers, and detectives responded within minutes of that 911 call. Yet a cloud of uncertainty and a little confusion surrounds Lena's sudden collapse. Adam woke up and he found his uh, wife 
passed out uh, in the bathroom. He started doing CPR. He called 911. I was riding rescue eight. And what happens is we have a GPS. However, it was down that day. That community, there's a lot of twists and turns, a lot of one way in, one way out type deals. And so it was really hard to figure out which way we were going, split up to try to find this house faster. I was the first one off of the truck, and I went inside, and I saw a man on top of a woman attempting what looked like CPR. The paramedics arrive at the house, and the police arrive, and they're um, initially very suspicious because here you have a young woman in her early 30s who seems like she's a pretty healthy young mother who just suddenly collapses for weird, unknown reasons. I saw Mrs. Kaufman on the floor, and they were doing CPR. Obviously, a 33-year-old is not common to be in cardiac respiratory arrest, so we really are working in a state of urgency trying to see if we can revive the patient. There were things that, that really caught the police and the paramedics' attention from the get-go. Adam gave differing stories about what happened. His first story was that he found his wife hunched over as if she had been throwing up inside the toilet. But then after that, he said he found her slumped over a magazine rack next to the toilet. He gave another story completely to the doctor of what he had told me. There was a lot of really little details that just seemed off for the police officers that arrived. It stood out for me that Mr. Coffin was completely dressed. And, and, and I, don't, I couldn't tell you exactly uh, the color shirt he was wearing. This, but I do know, saying to myself, wow, he's, how's he dressed? It just didn't sit right. It didn't seem normal. They tried to save uh, Lena's life. They tried to uh, intubate her. They had a few problems intubating her at times. There were so many things going on, the paramedics were there frantically working on her. The EMT responders were really crucial sources of information for the detectives in this case. He was just sitting there answering questions as we were going along, but very emotionless. They talked about his sort of odd behavior. They noted that he was dressed, like fully dressed, as if he had just um, got home from somewhere. There were different versions uh, from, uh, from different people who, who came to the scene. Lady was wearing an orange t-shirt and blue jeans. At that time, he was wearing boxers and a t-shirt. After Adam called 911, he called his brother. I received a call very early in the morning from Adam, and uh, my wife and I rushed over there immediately. Seth lived uh, just a block or two away in the same development. His brother got dressed and came over. I put on some kind of shorts, like flip-flops, or some similar type of sandals, and a t-shirt. I think there was probably some confusion where some people mistook Seth for Adam or mistook Adam for Seth, because they are really identical twins, and, and they're very hard to tell apart. He had uh, his red truck sleeping shirt. I think the people who thought that Adam was fully dressed saw Seth, and the first person in the door saw Adam in his t-shirt and boxers, and also perhaps in the way people were acting, whether Adam was acting one way or, or not. I think it could have easily been misinterpreted seeing Seth thinking it was Adam when it really was not. Down in the pit of my stomach, I knew that most likely she was gone because when I grabbed her, she was, she was already cold and she was not responsive while I was giving her CPR up until the time the paramedics came. 
and uh, then they rushed her to the uh, to the Aventura Hospital. We were in the emergency room in one of the rooms, and the doctor came in and informed us that Lena passed away. What could happen to a 33-year-old healthy woman that can cause someone just to pass out and die? That has to be investigated. One evening, it was close to closing time, and I see a SWAT team with guns. My first reaction was, this is a huge mistake. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It took the medical investigation a year and a half to be completed. Those results set off a chain of events that tore the Kaufman family apart, but not in the way you'd expect. I had no idea what could have happened. She was a very healthy 33-year-old woman. She worked out religiously. What are you doing? She ate well. She never drank alcohol, with the exception of an occasional glass of wine. No drugs, no known medical conditions that I was aware of. They did some studies of the tissues of Leda Kaufman, and they weren't coming up with any natural disease, no cause of death that they could develop. My concern was for my children. You hear stories all the time about parents passing on genes to their kids or illnesses, sicknesses, and that was my biggest concern. What happened? Pressing and calling the medical examiner's office, it remained undetermined. And every time I would call, they would say that there was no news, there was no results. They could not determine the cause of death. And then after about a year and a half, the medical examiner came up with a finding of homicide. The cause of death was asphyxia, and the manner of death was homicide. There wasn't anything where you could outright say, you know, absolutely she was, you know, strangled to death. There wasn't like all this other evidence at the scene that you would say, oh yes, this was definitely a, a, a murder. Dr. Heima, his word carried a lot of weight in law enforcement. And so when he rules it a homicide by asphyxiation, then of course the police really then have to focus in on the husband. I did not know that the cause of death was changed from undetermined to murder and strangulation. My brother and I owned an ice cream shop, and I was at the ice cream shop one evening. It was close to closing time, and I looked down at my shirt, and I see a bunch of red dots all over my shirt. And I'm like, what is that? I look up, and I see a SWAT team with guns in front of me. The guys threw me to the ground and said, you're under arrest 
for the murder of Lena Kaufman. My first reaction was, this is a huge mistake. It was a true whodunit, right? She, she died, you know, but was it a whodunit or did she even get murdered? I mean, there were so many different layers to this, right? I mean, you know, young, beautiful mother found dead in her own home. Was it the husband? Was it even a murder at all, right? Within the Aventura Police Department, the homicide experience within the group that was handling the ins and outs of the investigation was virtually nothing. That inexperience was a huge factor in how this case played out. The only other person in the house was Adam and the two little kids. It was a troubling situation. My sense was that Aventura police thought pretty quickly that there was something suspicious about Lena's death. Adam is charged with murdering Lena. A new nightmare begins. When I was sitting in jail the very first day, we're all in a big room in Broward County, and the news is on, on a TV, up high, behind a lock cage, and I'm the headline story. So I'm sitting there pretty much like a deer caught in headlights, looking at this, with about 30 other inmates eyes on me. My brother's wedding was coming up, and Lena went and she got a spray tan for the first time. And she came home that evening. It struck me right away because it just looked off. When I was speaking to my attorneys, their first question to me, like any good attorney should be, talk to me about that night. Tell me everything. I told them everything, including the fact that I had noticed that this spray tan that she got seemed excessive, and it was her first time. So why not explore that scenario of an allergic reaction to a spray tan? Has the FDA re received complaints of seizures by people who have undergone spray tan? Yes. It certainly raises the possibility of an allergic reaction. So my attorneys looked into that. The media picked up on that, and they sensationalized it. And it became the spray tan murder defense, which was never a defense of ours. Adam, his family, definitely, you can tell they're wealthy. The public is never really sympathetic to people who are rich, right? So I think there's sort of a, uh, a default setting to believe, oh yeah, he totally killed her. I always believed that the state is after the truth and after the facts. And once they do their thorough investigation, I'm gonna be released. It didn't end up like that. Did you have an affair with Detective Angula? My job is important to me, and it has I not. Your question, then, please? No, you, you're, this is very important, sir, because this is my life here. 18 months after Lena Kaufman's mysterious death now ruled a homicide, Adam Kaufman is arrested for her murder. For the entire Kaufman family still reeling from the tragedy of losing Lena, a new horror is just beginning. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you have been selected and sworn as the jury to try the state of Florida versus Adam Kaufman. This is a criminal case. The defendant is charged with second-degree murder. 
The prosecutors were definitely top-notch prosecutors. I mean, the prosecutors on this case were not lightweights. Ladies and gentlemen of our jury, good morning. Good morning. morning. Lena Kaufman was a young, healthy, active woman, arguably in the best shape of her life. But all that ended, all that ended on the morning of November 7th, 2007, and it ended because the actions of that man, her husband, he finds her in the bathroom, and he's very specific. He found her in the bathroom, slumped over the toilet. And then he goes on to explain it even more. You know, like if you were kneeling in front of the toilet, throwing up into it. So they make note of that. They also note his behavior. They thought it seemed odd to the point where they noted it. In the beginning of the, of the case, when we were selected and the state attorney made their case, it seemed reasonable. Hey, this lady is, was found dead in her bathroom. Uh, the husband was home, but the coroner's report said that it was a homicide. So I thought, was, wow, what happened here? They know from the very beginning, something isn't right here. Some, this is an asphyxial death. There's some kind of force on her neck. At this point, it's a homicide until we can prove otherwise. A finding of homicide puts him in this courtroom today. This defendant is guilty of second-degree murder of his wife, Lena Kaufman. We had a, a leather magazine rack. So when I found her, she was slumped over on top of this rack and the magazines were coming up. They were thick magazines and the magazines were pushed up against her neck. The state's case was going towards this mechanical asphyxiation in large part due to these marks that were on her neck. Okay, my opinion there is that if the wife was sitting on the toilet seat and then slumped forward, then uh, the motion of the body, according to the laws of physics, is such that as the body moves forward, the head would lead, tipping over, causing the first contact with the wall or with the magazine bag itself to involve the front of the head, the face of the female. That is, the major force that would be exerted initially would be on the face itself, or perhaps on the head if it hit the wall behind the magazine bag. There's no part of this process as one goes forward in time where the major force would be concentrated on the neck. Even at a resting position? Even in a resting position. This is pretty much junk science. Absolutely not. I disagree with you completely. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Adam got a good defense. Uh, his family did have some financial wherewithal to, uh, to retain counsel and to hire medical experts because this was a medical mystery. I was determined to find out what, it, what happened. Mr. Matthewman, you may proceed. The evidence in this case, the conflicts in the evidence in this case, and the lack of the evidence in this case are going to show you that no crime was committed. None. It's going to show you that no homicide, no murder occurred. None. It's going to show you that the investigation underlying this case was biased, incompetent, flawed, and inept. You will hear that this is a prosecution in search of a crime. An innocent man has been falsely charged with a crime that did not occur, which he did not commit. The entire system, you will hear, failed Adam, Lena, their children, and their respective families 
by this incompetent, biased investigation and process. The lead detective, a cop by the name of Angulo from the small Aventura Police Department, was handling his very first homicide investigation. Very first. This case, ladies and gentlemen, is a tragedy of errors. It culminated in the prosecution of what the evidence will show is an innocent man charged with a non-existent homicide. They looked into my marriage, where they found no problems with my marriage. They looked into seeing if I was having an affair. No, no affair. They looked in to see if there was any abuse or any domestic issues. No abuse or domestic issues. I just happened to go after my wife and strangle her. With no evidence of that, no bruising or damage to me or any other physical evidence to prove that that's the case. The prosecution's narrative was basically, at the end of the day, you do not have a young woman in her 30s with no medical history that just collapses and suffers bruising. There is no other explanation for those types of injuries but for a homicide. You certainly have to look at the spouse as a, possi as a possible suspect, but you can't focus overly on the spouse and exclude all the other factors because, you know, this is a, a strange world we live in and unusual things happen all the time. There were a lot of things that happened that made it look suspicious. There was no break-in, there was no intruders, there was no evidence of any of that. So who else could it have been? Then it had to have been Adam. Do you swear from the testimony you're about to give would be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. The defense team, they're very, very good. The strategy was pretty simple. This, this was not a murder. This was a misdiagnosis from the get-go. This case never should have been brought. And here's all the medical evidence that was missed and a lousy police investigation. You're friends with Detective Angulo? I'm a coworker of his, yes. You visited the Aventura Mall off-duty with him? I was working. I don't frequent any places other than when I'm working with my coworkers. You've, when you've been off-duty, you've socialized with Detective Angulo? No, sir. One of the major issues with the crime scene text was why they didn't impound certain evidence. Magazines were not collected. There was no reason to collect the magazines because there was no evidentiary value on them. There was no blood, they were, they were not wet. Why did they not take the magazines that were in the magazine racks, right? So that way they could test them for any kind of smudging or DNA or, you know, they were sort of important parts of evidence. It's your responsibility, ma'am, to put into evidence everything on the scene that you recover. Isn't that right? As directed by the lead detective, yes, sir. And your friend, Detective Angulo, directed you, don't take those magazines into evidence. Is that what your testimony is? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Ma'am, I asked you specifically yesterday about your relationship with Detective Angulo. Do you recall that? Yes, sir. And when you testified here, you lied under oath, didn't you, ma'am? No, I did not, sir. Isn't it true, ma'am, that you previously had an intimate sexual relationship with Detective Angulo? No, sir. I'm sorry? No. You're married, right? 
I am married and I have three kids. Can I and ask you? my job is important to me and it has can I ask not your question then, please? No, you, you're this is very important, sir, because this is my life here. Did you have an affair with Detective Angula? Yes, and my husband is well aware of it, sir, and I am happily married and I don't have any issues with that any longer. And you testified under oath that you had misrepresented your relationship with Detective Angula, didn't you? Objection has overruled. Yes or no? Yes. Thank you. You were the main person to see. Oh, it turns out yeah, you were having an affair with the lead detective, and then you lied about it. You want to poke credibility into credentials of the people who are testifying against you, right? I think it really paid off. What contributed to her demise was the presence of something under and at her neck. OK, Dr. Marcini, you stand up for me. All right, you can, finish. No, no, you can demonstrate when on redirect. All right, that's, that's your business. That's what we got. All right. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Adam Kaufman first found himself fighting for Lena's life. Then the ensuing homicide investigation focused on him as the likely suspect. After all, he was the victim's spouse, the only adult in the home at the time of his wife's death, a physically imposing man. And so now, in court, Adam Kaufman must fight for his own life. Your Honor, at this time, we would call Ms. Frida Eisman. Frida Eisman was Lena's mom and Adam's mother-in-law. How would you describe your relationship with Lena? Was it distant or close, or how was it? It was very close together, yes. Uh, would you talk often with Lena? Sometimes five, six times a day. They told each other everything, and Frida knew how special our marriage and our relationship was. The impact of Lena's mother testifying in the trial in favor of Adam was monumental. Have you ever heard Lena tell you that Adam had ever raised a finger to her? Never. She was happy married, and I couldn't wish a better husband than Adam. She was a firm believer that uh, Lena was not killed by Adam. Do you love Adam? Like my own son. Do you support him? I'm here. It is unusual for the quote-unquote victim's mom to come in and support the person accused of killing her daughter. And Frida would never have supported Adam if she had any suspicion at all that Adam had killed her daughter. Lena passed out. Yes, this is the word, passed out. 
that happened before to Lina. She had a habit to faint, yes. 10, 12 times. Um, she fainted, it just was that I remember, so that means very serious faintings. All those years, we didn't took it seriously because it happened in a few minutes. Even she said, Mom, don't worry, I'm going to be okay. I'm okay now, you see? Lena's so, own mother, she was telling me that there were these issues prior to Lena's passing where Lena was having fainting spells or lightness in the head or things of that nature, which started me thinking maybe there's something here that is being missed. The defense next star witness is, according to them, Frida Eismann. They say that what could be more compelling than the victim's own mother testifying for the defendant? Ms. Eismann has two beautiful grandchildren. What do you think would happen if she didn't support her? Do you think for a second she would be seeing her grandchildren? Are you accusing me of yeah. lies? All right, I'm not going to have any outbursts from the audience. You can have a seat outside. Members of the jury, please disregard the outbursts from the family member. It took a long time to figure out what actually caused Lena to pass away that day. What do those marks and so-called injuries demonstrate to you? The marks and injuries in the front of the neck indicate that there's work to be done. And the work that needs to be done is to figure out if there's anything else in the environment that could cause those marks and injuries. The thing I could never get past from the medical evidence was the bruising. There were some marks on Lena's neck. I always attributed those to the fact that she had passed out and fallen on a magazine rack. And I think that that caused those indentations in her neck, which looks suspicious. And we have a lot to choose from in this particular case. The things we have to choose from are falling on an object. We have amateur resuscitation by a terrified husband. We have fire rescue and attempted resuscitation with three failures. We have resuscitative efforts in the emergency room. We have the effects of gravity on the front of the neck from being face down, neck down. All of these things have to be considered. There are these marks on the undersurface of the chin. These match the spines of the magazine in terms of a contact mark. I can make a three-point match from these marks to surfaces on the magazines and the rack collectively. So your opinion is that the marks on the neck and in that area are consistent with her falling down on the magazine rack? My opinion is she collapsed neck down, face down on the magazine rack, which created other artifacts and a component of what we call postural asphyxia. What contributed to her demise was the presence of something under and at her neck. Dr. Maricini was able to match up the marks on Lena's neck to the magazines in the magazine rack, showing that she did fall on that magazine rack. All right, you let me can, finish this. No, no, you can demonstrate when on redirect. All right, that's, that's your business. That's what we got. It's mechanical asphyxia. And one of the types of mechanical asphyxia is what we call postural asphyxia, is that the posture of this individual, face down, neck down on the magazine rack, is causing pressure on her airway. There were also a lot of life-saving techniques that went on. The CPR creates a cloud of uncertainty with this case. And the failed intubations? The failed intubation creates a cloud of uncertainty in this case. Why? Because marks are created that you now have to analyze. You have to subtract out 
It's like getting rid of the noise on your radio. There seemed to be a big delay for the arrival of fire rescue to this residence. During all this time, Mr. Kaufman, the defendant, he is attempting amateur resuscitation. But if you're not doing it properly and you're panicking, especially if nothing's working, then the situation de degrades and you begin to see more and more artifact. Was there anything in those medical records that showed a medical history for Lena Kaufman that of, of concern to you? No. Any indication she had trouble with her heart? No. Dr. Maricini came to me and said, you know, uh, I think we should look at the heart tissue completely. It had not been found in the autopsy. Dr. Maricini called me and he said, I've got it. I figured it out. This is a piece of heart tissue right in the middle of the heart. So I went to the medical examiner's office and looked at tissue that they keep, pieces of the heart. There's some model gray or pinkish gray change right in the middle. And this pinkish gray change is the scar tissue. You could now see the scarring of the heart with your naked eye, no microscope necessary. There, 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 and there. So now you have a scar and you have a speculation of a process that could cause that scar. And that process is called myocarditis, inflammation of the heart caused by a viral infection in the past. I think in a regular heartbeat habit, it's called an arrhythmia. All right, but due to what, where, what, how? Due to chronic myocarditis. Yeah, that was a big deal. You know, I never heard of myocarditis before. The fact that there's a weakening of the heart tissue, it's like, okay, wow, that's, that's a big deal. That was the pivot point on this case because otherwise you say, well, why is this young, healthy woman lying face down in a magazine rack and not getting up? The heart disease set in motion the lethal train of events. But what finished her off was probably the environment landing with her neck on something. My opinion is that pressure on the neck happened in this particular case because of a very peculiar circumstances, the geometry of the bathroom and objects in the bathroom. We have this news from Dr. Maricini about the myocarditis. In my mind, case over. There's the silver bullet, the smoking gun. We bring it to the state. Would that scar have caused her death? Um, in my opinion, that scar didn't cause her death. She has a normal heart. She has a normal heart. So in my opinion, she died with this scar. She died with the scar. She didn't die of the scar. Dr. Haima, who was the chief medical examiner in Miami, dismissed it as a slight case. Didn't believe that that was anything or had anything to do with her death, which was shocking to, to me, to my family. And at that point, we knew that we were in for a fight. This defendant is guilty of second-degree murder. Go back to that jury room and convict him of it. And don't be ashamed to come out here and say, we're going to hold you accountable, Adam Kaufman, for what you did to your wife, you murderer. And regardless of who you are or what you are, that's not acceptable. On, on November 7th, 2007, Adam Kaufman lost his beloved wife. Jake and Haley lost their loving mother. Frida Eisman lost her daughter. Frida still supports Adam, knows he's innocent. Mother's note, and so do you. Adam Kaufman is not guilty. 
verdict. We, the jury in Miami-Dade County, Florida, on this fifth day of June, 2012, find as follows. Was this a homicide? A young woman killed by her husband for some unknown reason? Or was this a medical mystery solved with the finding of a previously undiagnosed heart condition? It's up to the jury now to decide this question, and with it, Adam Kaufman's fate. Okay, members of the jury, you may be seated. Thank you very much. I've received some correspondence from you indicating that you've come to a decision in this matter. Is that correct? So when we first uh, went into deliberation, we took a vote whether he's innocent or guilty. And the first vote, everybody wasn't unanimous on it. There may be three, maybe four people that were held out. You just don't know what's going through a jury's mind and what they're ultimately going to do. Standing there when the judge is about to read the verdict, you're either going away for the rest of your life or you're walking out with your family. When the verdict was read, you could hear a pin drop in, in the room. It was completely, completely quiet. Verdict, we the jury in Miami-Dade County, Florida, on this fifth day of June, 2012, find as follows. The defendant is not guilty, so say we all, for a person, Bernard W.H. Jennings. When the, you know, the verdict came out not guilty, it was just uh, that monkey on your back, so to speak. This was uh, 10 gorillas. <laughs> it was just I think, weight lifted and just it's, it's over. It's, it's finally over. And we can go on and, and Lena can rest in peace. The defendant is discharged at this time and free to go. Thank you. Thank you. The family felt very vindicated. There was a lot of emotion on his side of the family. Almost all of Lena's family was on his side, so there was really no one that was upset um, but for the state and the people who had worked very hard to try to put Adam in prison. From understanding the evidence in the trial, we didn't feel that he should have been accused of the crime in the first place. Not only is Adam not guilty, Adam is innocent. If the verdict had gone the other way, Adam would likely be sitting in prison for his entire life. Dr. Hyma was adamant that there was nothing to the heart scarring that was found, that it was minor, that it did not lead to her death. Part of me still thinks, you know what? Hyma, God rest his soul, because he passed away, he got it right. But just because he got it right doesn't mean that the conviction would have been right, because they didn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt. He was innocent when we started. What information do we see that says, hey, gotcha, this shows that he was guilty. I personally didn't feel like any one thing overshadowed something else. Just the totality of what occurred gave us doubt. For the most part, the most important people, the 12 people that sat in that room, saw what we saw and felt what we felt. And in the end of the day, that's the most important thing. And this is a... Uh, a good day for not just Adam, our families, but for, for everyone. The system works. It failed us to start, but in the end, it works. The jury got it right because there just legally was not enough evidence 
to convict beyond a reasonable doubt. The system did work in that sense. But I do wonder what if this had been someone that was not as wealthy, that didn't have access to as many high profile experts, right? Resources do matter. The guys that I was in jail with had no chance. They had no chance. Public defenders are so overwhelmed with cases and they don't have the means to hire experts or bring in witnesses or really work a defendant's case the way it should be worked. These guys, they were at the mercy of the justice system. How do they survive? How do they get through the system that is clearly not built with enough safeguards to stop things like this happening? This could happen to anybody. This could happen to any one of us. This case exemplifies how dangerous it can be uh, to be a spouse when your husband or wife passes away under mysterious, suspicious circumstances. I always believe that everyone is in jail because they deserve to be in jail. But that's not the case. God, if, if, if someone does not have the support of the family and the financial means, they have no shot against a prosecutor's office that's hell-bent on a conviction. If you present everything fairly to the jury, uh, and, and the prosecution does their job, and the defense does their job, the end result is justice. I went through this terrible tragedy of losing my wife and a subsequent travesty of justice by being accused. There's nothing I can do about the past. I can't change the past. Uh, I can't bring her back. I can only go forward the best I can and the best I can for my family. I look at it as everything I do, I do for my kids and how I want them to see that their dad persevered and got through a terrible time with, with grace. In this case, most everyone involved feels that justice has been served thanks to the tenacity of the defense team and the resources available to support their efforts. But those same attorneys and even Adam Kaufman himself are quick to add that for so many others caught in their own nightmare behind bars, accessing that same level of justice feels like an impossible dream. One they say we must continue to try and change. I'm Tamron Hall, thanks for watching someone they knew. There you have it, another deep dive into a truly fascinating case. If you want to see more of our original series, they are available to stream for free on the Court TV website. Just check the show notes for a link. And to keep up with the biggest current true crime stories, you can see me every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern on my show, Closing Arguments. Thank you so much for downloading, and as always, please don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.